Hello and welcome aboard. It's another very special filler episode of Stasis Pod, the totally terrifying podcast. I'm Rob. <laughs> welcome to Spooktober or Spooktember or Toberfest. There's so many variations of the name, but. We need to fill our episode at, hey, it's Halloween season, so we might as well do a spooky movie. That's right, it's Halloween season, so all aboard for Horror Express. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're, we're playing the game Horror on the Orient Express? Is that a game? I thought that was an, ep- I thought that was an episode of uh, Doctor Who. That, that, no, that's Mummy on the Orient Express, which takes place in space. Okay, although this kind of feels like an episode of Doctor Who. But, but, like, the mummy's just uh, a soldier well, it, with a cloaking device or something weird. Anyway, d- d- Yeah, it's something like that. Horror on the Orient Express is, is a big expansion for uh, the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Ah, uh, okay. Which came out in the 90s, so it probably borrowed some DNA from this movie. Well, this, this movie does feel vaguely Lovecraftian. Yeah, uh, this movie feels like a Call of Cthulhu campaign. <laughs> <laughs> like some college just, of campaign it's kind of a doctor who episode up to and including having a guy who played the doctor in it sort of well in movies it sort of counted it was well, he, they're he, non-canonical he but he yeah, did well because he wasn't he was a in the, time yeah. lord he was just the doctor it was weird. he was just some guy named who who was a doctor I, was he actually named who i thought he, they just called him the doctor they did call him the, I, I think he's like specifically doctor and, and there's another doctor who connection that i'll get to here Okay. All right. So, yeah, this is a 1972 horror movie uh, directed by Eugenio Martin, who is kind of like a jack of all trades among like Spanish exploitation directors. He did a, a bunch of spaghetti westerns. Oh, yeah. And, and well, yes, this was filmed in Spain from leftover parts from other movies, kind of. Yeah. And this is really his only horror movie, which is too bad because oh. it's a pretty good horror movie. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I. I think the writer also, though, I think maybe this was his only horror movie. I vaguely looked him up. Like, he was someone who was, I think he was, like, blacklisted in America and went to Spain to write movies. Oh, and not his only horror movie, because he also wrote the totally insane British satanic biker movie, Psychomania. Oh, right, that not I, I'm not sure I would categorize that as horror, that's just insane. <laughs> I'd call that out. It's got. I get well. Know. Okay, it does have resurrected zombie bikers, kind of. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's got the it's undead so, in it. It's mostly psychedelic and and crazy. Yes. Anyway, this movie. So yeah, filmed in Spain and apparently uh, made solely because like they got the train sets from another movie. Well, train set, and it's it's debatable what yes. the other movie was, but like they had one train car interior, and they had to redress it as every separate train car. Apparently, it was from uh, 1971's Nicholas and Alexandra, or also like there's also rumors that it may have been for Doctor Zhivago or something. I I think yeah, it was specifically tracked down to some train, but like. From some movie. And then also the the movie Pancho Villa, which I believe was directed by the same director. Ah, yeah. Which, one of the movies he directed also had Telly Savalas and I think The Monk. Savalas was, like, super popular in Europe. Yes, before Kojak. Yes, because I guess, well, he's in, is he, he's in what, The Dirty Dozen? Uh, yes. I haven't seen that forever. Probably. Yes, he's in The Dirty Dozen, and, like, he's in a bunch of, like... 
European war movies. He's in Dirty Dozen, uh, Kelly's Heroes, oh. Oh, uh, Battle of the Bulge, Escape to Athena. And I think a lot of those were like filmed in Spain or Greece or wherever. Hmm. So he was very popular there. And then, yeah, this was like the year before Kojak. Uh, yeah, surprise. Telly Zavala's just kind of, we'll get to him like an hour into the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, I thought he was like the third guy in this, but he's just kind of a guy who is also in this, although it's a showy role. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of feels like they should have introduced or foreshadowed him earlier. Yes. He just shows up an hour with no explanation. It's like, the fuck? Yes. Uh, but our two big stars here are, of course, the uh, uh, the dynamic duo of British horror, uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, who were real-life pals and were in a zillion horror movies together. Mostly Hammer movies. Uh, this is the most Hammer horror movie that isn't made by Hammer. It's kind of crazy. Not enough heaving bosoms. Uh yeah, I mean there there are quite a few pretty ladies, but yeah, there is a lack of heaving bosoms. That huh? They they remain dressed through it, and also we see a little blood, and it isn't like the electric Kool Aid shade of Hammer blood. Yeah, it, it's it's not Pantone red. Yeah. Oh, and and this is easy enough to find online because like it's out of copyright, I think, or something like that. Uh, I saw it thanks to the miracle of Tubi. I believe the entire thing is up on YouTube. It's it's on yeah. a lot of streaming services. Yeah, Tubi Tubi's kind of the easiest, I think, to find. Because if you try to Google Horror Express streaming, it's like one of the first results. And you might be confused at first because the credits are in Spanish. Go with that one. The video quality is better. Yes. But all the dialogue is in English. Yeah, it's because El Panico and El Transiberiano. Yes, well, although yeah, you'll note that pretty... As it, it's a Spanish movie, like, it was filmed without sound, and they just dubbed it later in English. Right. And so, that's why all the women sound like one woman doing all the voices. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but but uh, uh, Lee, Cushing, and Savalas voice themselves, at least. Yeah. Mm. And uh, of note, uh, Inspector Mirov, who turns out to be kind of the bad guy in this, mm. uh, voiced by Roger Delgado... Uh, best known to Doctor Who fans as the first guy to play the Master. Oh, that man! That's why I was getting extra Doctor Who vibes out of this movie. Yeah, he did. He did not play him physically, but it was his dubbing voice. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that this kind of is half ripped off for two different Doctor Who episodes, at least. In fact, he did this almost right before he died. Because he died in '73 in a car crash. Oh yeah, because they had there was a weird thing about replacing him on Doctor Who. That sucked. Right. They and they kind of shuffled around it for a bit. Then they came up with another guy who was it for the next like decade. Yeah, who was actually really good too. Huh. So yeah, our our two our two top build guys are indeed Cushing and Lee. And I guess this was also right after Peter Cushing's wife had died. Yeah, that that's an odd bit of trivia I found in multiple places. And so Lee kind of had to, you know like he showed. To film, he's like, I, you know, my wife just died. I really can't do this. And yeah, I kind of don't uh, want to do kinda, this. But you know, pushing, uh, Lee was just like, no, let's just hang out. We're old friends. We've been together. It's like, yeah, come have dinner with my wife. We're on vacation in Spain. Yes, that, their their friendship is extremely charming. Hmm. So we we open in Shanghai, 
Uh, Christopher Lee is Professor Sir Alexander Saxton. He's an anthropologist. First, we open sort of in the middle of nowhere, China, where they're digging up a mummy before it gets to Shanghai. Right, I guess it's Manchuria, where they've got like this this sort of, you know, like eight man. In a cave. In a block of ice. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, yeah, he, there's, he's led this expedition. He has, he thinks this is the missing link, and he's loading this uh, this dudesicle on the <laughs> uh, onto the train. Uh, along with him, or uh, also uh, dropping by, is his sort of friendly rival, uh, Doctor Wells, who is Peter Cushing. What? Could they, and well, uh, I mean, this is one of the f- one of them is an archaeologist or biologist, whatever the fucking. What the fuck is Cushing's – what's his job? He's a different kind of doctor. He's in the Geological Society, oh. so maybe he's a geologist? Yeah, okay, so they probably did. That's why they bumped into each other. In the Although, or wait, does he do the autopsy, though, too? He's maybe the he's one that does doctor. the autopsy, yes. I mean, he might just be one of those movie scientists who just does – Kind of, yeah. There, there's like – Quote, unquote, science. Four or five different doctor scientists in this movie, and they're all kind of vague. Yes. One of them claims to just be an engineer. And uh, it's interesting that uh, this is one of the few movies where they're – on the same side. Oh, yeah, because usually one of them is a Dr. Frankenstein or a Frankenstein's monster or Dracula. Right, usually Cushing was Frankenstein sometimes. And Van Helsing. Uh, yeah, and sometimes Lee was the monster or somebody opposing the monster. And then, of course, Lee was famously Dracula and Cushing was Van Helsing. Yeah, well, and is there like the skull or something where they're also... Are they at odds in that? I can't remember. I can't. I've not seen the skull. They were in so many movies together. So it, it's kind of nice that this movie like lets them be friends on screen as well as off. <laughs> they do start out bickering together at the beginning like they don't Well, like yeah, I mean, they're kind of like, you know, he's razzing about this, uh, this Iceman. Yeah. Cause and you've also got a bunch of soldiers. Lee is more stiff and Cushing is more uh, jovial and jokey. Yes. You've also got, uh, you know, a bunch, it's, you know, it's a very sort of Agatha Christie cast of characters on this train. The Orient Express again. All those Trans-Siberian. Yeah, you've got, you've got a lady who's maybe a spy. Uh, Dressed got, in like a like, green dress with a lizard on it, which is yeah, rather you've fetching. You've got a, a count and a countess. Yeah. And you've also got their spiritual advisor who is just straight up Rasputin. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Because like, I... I forget when I originally this saw is taking this. This place movie. in 1906. Yeah, it, yes, it, it's way back there. It's before or, so pre-Russian Revolution. Yeah, nor like um yes. So so it, I, it it's so weird that like as soon as you see him on screen, it's like that's just fucking Rasputin. Maybe not as tall as Rasputin usually is. Usually he's yes. like Christopher Lee tall, but like he's fucking Rasputin, and it's like there's no getting around it. But he's like oh yeah, uh, Parajov or something is his name. But I, I can't help referring to him as Rasputin. Uh, yeah, Fa- Father Pujardov. He's, he's supposed to be like an Eastern Orthodox monk, but yeah, he's just Rasputin. Yeah. So Red, Rasputin sees like, or founds the body of a guy who is pickpocketing, or lock picking. Right, he was trying to steal this crate. The crate. Well, he was trying to open the crate to find out what the fuck is in there, because clearly it's important. Right. So I'm going to steal some shit mm. out of there. And then he's just found dead and blind. Yeah, notably his eyes are like milky white and there's like blood coming from his eyes and nose. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it is kind of an upsetting effect, uh, but yeah. although we sure see it a lot more. Yeah, because it, it, it's how basically everyone dies in this movie. It, it's a good, simple mm. effect that shows, oh, that's fucked up without, like, buckets of hammer yeah. glow-in-the-dark blood. Yes. I'm going up the rails on a crazy train. I'm going up the rails on a crazy train. So, you know, they're, they're on this train, and uh, Peter Cushing kind of wants to know what the whole deal with it is, so he bribes one of the porters to sort of let him take a look. But instead, the porter cracks this thing open to find that uh, it, is, it is seriously defrosted <laughs> and is also alive. Yes, well, first, because, like, it's very weird because to, he starts to crack it open and then he looks away for some reason. And then the mummy, Utsi, picks the fucking lock to let himself out, <laughs> then kills the guy <laughs> with, his, with his monkey paw hands. Yeah, so so he kills him in this sort of customary fashion where he does the, the, the eyeball thing. Hmm. And a bunch of other people get killed. The The spy gets killed. The lady spy. Yeah, because she was breaking into a safe to get some such or other. And, like, her character arc ends by the time, oh, she's a spy. Oh, she's dead. Or, no, she's a thief. She, oh, she's dead. It's yes. Very abrupt. It, it feels like, oh, wh- whoever was playing her had to leave, like, for the night. It's like, oh, I gotta go. I, I kill off my character in the campaign. <laughs> It's like there's just so many people that feel like player characters in this. Yes, but it's mostly just the, the Lee and Cushing show. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, people start dropping dead. Uh, Cushing performs an autopsy on one of them and finds hilariously that his brain has gone totally smooth. <laughs> the science in this is dubious and ridiculous. And and I mean, like, I feel the kind of, like this is like the this is like science that they would have believed in in 1906. I mean, that is appropriate, but, but it's just hilarious. It's like, oh, no, his brain is smooth. It's as if all his memories were sucked out and it was smooth. It's like, that isn't isn't how the wrinkles in a brain work. But Yes. <laughs> the science, no. So, yes, it, the, somehow the, the this thing is absorbing, like, the skills and the memories of, of its victims. And yeah, which it, it just so a, turns out that many of the people on this ship have some very, uh, or on this train, have oh. some very use, uh, useful skills. Yeah, it, it, it's packed full of scientists and engineers that can suck information of. And, and is, it, is it the Count who has, like, a super, a formula for, like, a super steel? <laughs> yes, it's, it's like an unobtainium that, as it gets warmer, it gets stronger. Yes, oh boy, well, if only there was something that could be useful for. <laughs> Uh, it, it's weird. It's like the the basic plot of this that that surprise this monster comes from outer space and absorbs minds to get smarter is a really cool idea. Yes, in this weird, cheesy, kind of bad movie that's also kind of great because of Cushing and, and Lee. I mean, Wikipedia says that it is an adaptation of uh, Who Goes There, which was adapted into The Thing. But in the, I don't know about in the that. Very, very loosest sense in that there's some ice involved and there's a thing from space that absorbs people. Well, their minds, just not organically. It it could have it started from the same nugget, but I would no way describe this as an adaptation of who goes there. Yeah. 
Th- this is the thing from another train. <laughs> <laughs> of course, what I love is how they uh, find out how it was, uh, how they find out it's from outer space and how oh, yeah, it's that- super ancient because they like examine the vitreous humor of the victim's eyeballs or of the creature's eyeballs. Yeah, there's. I guess this comes a, gross, a little later because the, the, eventually you do yeah, find the, the this- eye stuff is is the goriest part that is gross for me. Yeah, so they they find this uh, this thing lumbering around, and finally Inspector Mirov, who's like a, a cop of some sort, uh, shoots it and kills it. Yeah, he's an inspector who got on the train because of. I think because of the the luggage situation at the beginning of the mummy in the box, it's like, well, I got to go on the mm-hmm. train, I guess. Yeah, so he shoots this thing. It dies. But uh, unfortunately, it is now in him. Yes, wh- which is, is good that, that well, as the audience, we kind of get the idea that that's going on. But most of the time, like, the monster has, like, a monkey, one glowing red eye that sucks people's brains out. This time it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, I guess it died as it was doing that. But we're only, like, half an hour into the movie. Yes. So it's not over. Well, and also, like, when he's he sort of passes out after shooting it, and he wakes up and sort of looks under the blankets and then hurriedly covers himself back up. It turns yeah, out okay, that's the dumbest part of the movie. His left hand is turned into a monkey paw. Right, he's got like, he's got like, like an ape. Ootsie. Initially, at first, I thought he was looking at his dick. <laughs> Understandable, because he just peeks under the sheets. Like, the, his hand turning into a monkey paw makes no damn sense. I mean, it's a, it's a visual indicator of his monsterism. Yes, but it's really stupid. Stupid one. It is like, pretty stupid. It and, might you know, the, make the, sense. The glowing if, eye effect in this is pretty decent. The glowing eye effect is good, but but like at least if you're going to do like, oh, part of him is turning into this ape man that has nothing to do with the body jumping alien monster. Like at least have the monster grab his arm while it's doing this. Yes. But no, they're like a train car apart. Yeah. So anyway, Cushing has... Because the inspector's uh, firing from another train car. Yeah. So, so Cushing does a, a, an autopsy on this monster, and like he's examining the vitreous humor of its eyeballs. Yeah, it's like, why would and you even think to do that? Also, it's gross. images of the things it's seen. Which is cool, but also utterly ridiculous. Well, because it goes back to like the old idea. It's like, oh, if you look at it just the right way, you can see the last image someone saw as they were dying to pin it on the mur- whoever murdered them or whatever. But uh, this here also it takes com- it like, oh, the, the, the blood that's in his eyes. Like, it contains memory, visual memory. Yeah, this also comes up in the classic film Wild Wild West. Why? Well, because it's also doing that sort of like advanced technology in the 1860s thing, so... Like, Kevin Klein has invented a device that allows him to, like, shine light through the eyes of a dead person, and then it projects their last image. Uh, oh, yeah, that nonsense. That's a real bad movie. Mm, very much but, so. But so he sees, like, a picture of the Earth from space, which, of course, in 1906, no man has ever seen. Well, no, that's not first. First is, like, oh, what is the first thing he First thing he sees is, like, the, the detective that shot him. Right. Then they see, oh, it's a brontosaurus and a pterodactyl. The fuck? And then, yes, we see a picture of Earth from orbit that no one in 1906 would be able to see. Yes. So yeah, it, it it eventually turns out this thing is indeed like it's it's an alien, but it has no physical form. Yeah, it well, it later in the movie when they're talking to it, it claims to be a form of energy. 
mm. and it accidentally got left on Earth a billions of years ago. Yes. And so it is gradually Which absorbing- is Like, pushing it back to the dinosaurs is ridiculous enough, but it talks about, oh, I was here when the protozoas were here, and then, and then fish, and it's like, too far, dude. Yeah, it's, you know, that I, I've written your species history and so forth. Come on, man. Hmm. And while all this is going on, uh, Rasputin is sort of cottoned on to what's going on, and he's determined that this thing is Satan and that he should worship it. Yeah, the the jump, like, the Rasputin is like this orthodox monk who hates satanic stuff and the devil and nonsense, and then he sees Earth in a drop of blood, and it's like, I must worship Satan now. Well, you know, what, I mean, dude? you know, God is very sort of mysterious, but Satan is right here, and he's a dude, so, you know. Yes. Oh, yes. There's this fallen angel walking around. I must worship him. I mean, it's nice to have proof that Satan is there, but you think that would double down the monk on, wow, Satan bad. Especially since the monkey Satan has been serial killing across this train. Yes. So, And it is specifically serial killing people who might know how to, like, build various components of a spaceship to get him off Earth. Wait, it doesn't explicitly get to that point of logic, but yes, that's implied with him wanting to acquire the space metal Mm -hmm. stuff that could survive thousands of degrees. But it's just like, it's convenient. Like, oh, yes, he's at some point after he uh, absorbs, what is the the engineer or something? It's like nobody after that. He doesn't give a shit about anybody who isn't smart. It's like, no, I I don't need more stupid brains in my brain. Mm. I need geniuses. Although in in about 20 minutes, he's going to absorb like uh, a dozen Cossacks. So uh, he's <laughs> well, really going to yeah. know how to do that, like dance where you kick your legs up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rah, rah, Rasputin. <laughs> so, yeah, they, you know, things get pretty bad. And so we, I guess we're calling ahead to this, uh, this outpost, uh, which has this, uh, you know, which, a bunch of, a bunch of Cossack yeah. uh, military there. And they are led by Captain Kazan, played by the great Telly Savalas. And he just comes into the movie dressed like Destro. <laughs> yes, it's very weird. Like, why was he even in, in this office that they were wiring to? Like, it felt like he was just like this Cossack general who wandered in there with an army to take over some shit and just interrupts a phone call. I think this is like their barracks or because there was like a lady in there with him. Yeah, which clearly he was fucking. Well, yes. Well, of course, he's Telly Savalas. Mm. Like, uh, like 1973 Telly Savalas? Yowza. No, Yeah. I mean, I guess he's the hottest guy in this movie, yeah. Who loves you, baby? Because Lee and Cushing are... Co- well, Lee still looks pretty good. He's got a mustache. He does have rare. a mustache. I mean, you know, Lee's, Lee's like a handsome guy. He played Dracula. Yeah. Uh, Cushing, I don't know. I mean... Cushing's always a little too skeletal, even when he was younger. Yeah, he's he's too creepy. Maybe hmm. maybe if you're into that, that's a thing. I yeah, don't know he, if he was... He, like. He's a charming uncle at best. Yeah, Lee was kind of like a sex symbol. I don't know about Cushing. Hmm. But yeah, apparently uh, he and Cushing starred in 22 movies together. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I knew they were in like at least a dozen, but that I mean, I think that there were times when like you wanted both, so you just had to hire one and say, hey, you uh, want to get your pal in <laughs> on this too? Yeah. 
Anyway, so he come, you know, so eventually they stop the train. He comes on board with his Cossacks, and uh, he's just not having any of this. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on here. There are a bunch of people who are dead. I'm, you know, you were you were all getting sent to the Gulag, okay? Oh, we have skipped over so many good one-liners, most, most of which end up getting but Cushing gets them. But, like, there's one where um, when he, the inspector who's possessed by the space monkey alien Utsi comes in and said, like, he's accusing Lee of, it's like, oh, what if you were the monster? And then Cushing wanders is in, monster? We're British! <laughs> Which got a huge laugh out of me. <laughs> it's like, we can't be monsters, we're British. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, there are, the, the dialogue in this is pretty clever. Yeah, a lot of it's pretty punchy. And actually, uh, Savalas gets some great lines here. Oh yeah, like I am Siberia. With like when well, well no, no, like the hey, hey, the Sarls here. They all have you sent to Siberia. This is Siberia, lady. Oh no, no, he, I thought he said I am Siberia. I, I think it's I'm in Siberia. Oh, good one. The the audio quality is. Eh. And uh, you know the uh, Rasputin saying, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm in. I'm, you know, I'm innocent. I'm a monk." And he's like, "Yeah, we got lots of innocent monks." <laughs> oh, and uh, there there's like a. There's like an older woman who's with Peter Cushing who also gets killed. Uh oh yeah, yeah. He, he was his like um, what, what was she a surgical assistant or something? Yeah, like because she was uh, also a like scientist of some sort. Yeah, he says to one of the younger women, "You know, madam, I'll need your assistance." Well, looking at your dinner companion, I'm I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh yes, because. Cushing and Lee both get hooked up with a younger woman in the script at some point for some reason. Well, yeah, again, it's sort of the hammer thing. You gotta, you know, gotta, you know. Yeah, but they're not quite exploiting. Lee that. and Cushing are fine, but you need, a, you know, you know, a sexy lady. But we, the sexy ladies in no states of undress. Well, I guess the, I, they probably talked about. Them. It was like, eh, I don't know. We're we're on a train. It's cold. We're on a budget. There's a time we got to get this movie. We done. don't really have a leading man young enough to be convincingly in a sex scene here. And yet, Telly Savalas later in, in the station. Yeah, he's just not wearing a shirt, too. He's just got this, like, red jacket on. A big, big, thick coat. He looks incredible in this movie. Hmm. Yeah, he comes in. He's just roasting all these people. And he is, you know, uh, Mirov, who is clearly the murderer at this point, hmm. is uh, professing his innocence. And then he just gets both stabbed and shot well, cause by uh, Telly Savalas. Lee figures out, oh, the, well, we did tests looking at everyone's eyes earlier in the movie to try and find the monster. And it's like, oh, we did the test in the light. What if we turn the lights out? Oh, his eyes glow red. He's a monster. Well, this is after Telly Savalas punches Lee for sass-talking him by punching, pushing another guy's hand into Lee. Like, he yes. gets another guy to punch him. <laughs> it's, it's an odd like but cool move yes like it, it's dumber to explain than it actually happens on the film it looks cooler because Telly Savalas is doing it yeah so all of the still living passengers so it so Mirov dies it now possesses Rasputin here oh yeah because Rasputin's like come into me Satan yes like that sounds dirty Rasputin <laughs> so he becomes Raspu Satan well, you know, he's he's Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> he's also doing rapid-fire mind-taking when he takes on these Cossacks. 
Oh, yeah, no, he is, uh... These guys are just one after the other, getting smooth-brained. <laughs> yes. Because, like, every, every murder earlier in the movie, like, is solitary, like, slowly takes them out, like, in the dark. And, and this time, he's, like, jumping, like, a dozen guys all at once. Mm. But, you know, Christopher Lee turns on a ton of lights. Mm. And so it's trapped, and he's all, you know... Hey, you know, you're, you know, you could kill me, but also, you know, I'm from a super advanced alien race and this is 1906. So I don't know. What if I gave you all my like advanced technology and like medical knowledge? Which seems like, is that the monster's actions throughout the rest of the movie don't seem like it's that intelligent, really, because it learns to lock pick by sucking the brain out of a lock picker. It learns to whistle a song by sucking the brain out of the guy who opened the box. Like, it it seems like it's kind of stupid and was, like, dinosaur intelligence until it, like, starts sucking down professors. I I guess it had to get here somehow in the first place, though. Well, yeah, but as it explains, it's like, I was left behind accidentally. Like, I I think the monster was bullshitting. (laughs) Yes, I can give you advanced science, sure. That's something I know. Like, I, I don't know how to build a rocket to get off this planet. I guess I'm I'm a doctor, not a rocket scientist or something. The plotting does fall a little, fall down a little. But like, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it took the spaceship here. It didn't necessarily know how to build one to get back. Yeah, no. It's like I how I can drive just, a car, but I don't know how to make a car. I think he was just an asshole passenger who hitched a ride with some other aliens. This is entirely possible. It's like, no, we're leaving him here. <laughs> This guy's a jerk. And so this doesn't work, so hey, zombie time. Yes, he casts Animate Dead and, and resurrects uh, all the Cossack zombies. I think maybe they couldn't get Telly Savalas for this part, because we only see him in the background and not clear enough. It could just be another bald guy in his costume. We, we do see him with the contacts in for white eyes, but yeah, yeah. after that, it's like... Mm. I think we see him when he's dead. I don't know if we see him as like a zombie. I don't think so, but it's not important because this part of the movie just goes quicker. It's like yes. we got to rush to the end. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, this is a brisk 90 minutes, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's good. It, it, like, the first half an hour is a little slow, and then it just keeps speeding up as they get on the train. Yes. And the the shot of a red-eyed Rasputin driving a train in the snow is pretty good. Yeah, the, this actually has, like, nice cinematography and the the, yeah. um, the Spanish locations are all really nice. Mm. Minimal as they are. And, uh, interestingly, the music is pretty good. This is It's the uh, same guy who did uh, the theme to Kojak. Ooh! Neat. Yeah, the music's good. Got, like, the, the theme that the monster whistles after learning it keeps coming back. I think it's, like, the main theme of the movie. It's a decent tune. Mm-hmm. And it is nice that it's hard to tell when there are shots of actual train on tracks or when it switches to model train. Oh, yeah. Until the very end when it's obvious. There's some straight up Lionel trains in this movie. Hmm. But they're filmed really well, so it's hard to tell. Oh, yeah. Some of the shots are just like, wait, was that a train or was it a model? Yeah, so eventually they get into uh, the caboose. Or they get into the, um, the luggage or baggage car. Right. Which is the last one on the short train. And then it's like... Fuck it, let's well, decouple I mean, that's it. Why it's, the, it's the last one, so it's... Yeah. 
And uh, th- I, I do love a good, uh, I love a good train movie, especially like a snowy train movie. Uh, I really like Runaway Train with uh, John Voight hmm. and Eric Roberts. Yeah, there, there was a, a bit of feel of that in this. Uh, you know, good, good. Tr- yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that, and that also involves like a forced uh, uh, derailing. Although not quite one as dramatic as this. <laughs> no, this, this is surprisingly good. I mean, derailing. You just usually you just kind of like the train falls off the tracks, hmm. as opposed to this where the train falls off the earth. <laughs> well, because. I, I'm not sure if it's Lee or Cushing. Somebody telegraphs ahead again to say, oh, switch the tracks from the track we're on to a different track. And then the, the guy at the station is like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And another guy's like, wait a minute. This isn't going to stop the train. This is going to destroy the train. I was told in this telegraph to do it. I'm going to do it. I love the trolley problem. I'm committed. (laughs) (laughs) So he switches the track. And yes, the train goes off a a cliff. Well, the the model train goes off a cliff. And I think think they don't even know that this is... Like, I think it's like Telly Savalas' boss who who tells them to do this. So I don't know if they know anything about, like, the alien or whatever. Yeah, no, there's just message, switch track, that's it. Yeah. No explanation. Because the guy's like, oh, maybe this is war. We're at war! Let's switch the track. How does being at war have anything to do with switching the the passenger train to a cliff? It's very abrupt. But it's... We get cleansing bolt of flame because the train explodes after it goes off the cliff. Oh, yeah, it goes off this enormous uh, gorge. <laughs> yes. It's like Wiley Coyote Cliff. Oh, yeah. And it just completely explodes. <laughs> yes, Rasputin in peace as the theme plays again. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what if he survived? What if he jumps out of the train? Listen, no wrap-up, no I, the end, or is it? Just train explodes, movie over. Boom. <laughs> train explodes. Uh, Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing are looking over the edge at what's left of the train. Zo- and then we have an Earth zoom out, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> this this is not a mo- good movie, but it's a great movie. And uh, so how did you first... Was this like a, was this like a TV thing? I... I'm not entirely... I think maybe I saw it on Turner Classic Movie or something like that. Okay. Like, Halloween's ago. Mm. Probably maybe the same year when I discovered House, which I love. Because I, I remember, like, a few years in a row, like, it was Turner Classic Movies or one of those channels was, like, showing a bunch of old horror movies in October, and I just caught a bunch of them one or two years. I think this was one of them, but I, I kind of don't remember, like, the first 15 minutes... But then I must have seen an internet review or something that caught me up because, like, I forgot about the guy that tries to lockpick it at the beginning because presumably I didn't see that part originally. But yeah, seeing it again, it's like, oh, it's a great, stupid horror movie. Like, the premise of body-jumping serial killer ancient monkey is entertaining. And it takes itself just seriously enough even with the dubious, ridiculous 1906 science. <laughs> I think it's good. 
And have you have you seen uh, that uh, that new creep show uh, show at all? Um, no, I haven't seen any creep show out of the movies. But when I'm looking this up, apparently there's an episode that references the train. This oh no, like, it doesn't. Movie, it so- just doesn't just reference it. It like Forrest Gumps the main character into this movie. <laughs> okay, that's cool but bizarre. He's like an inventor who's made like a VR machine that puts you into movies. Oh, that's okay. That's a good dumb premise that feels very nineties. But I'm guessing the show is more recent. Yeah, it's from like last year. It's got like uh, oh. what's his name, um, uh, Justin Long and uh, Darcy Carden in it. I don't know who that. Well, I I vaguely know who Justin Long. Is. Uh, she's on that was... The Good Place show. Oh, okay. She's a uh, Janet or Janice. Hmm. I have not seen it myself. Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I hear good things. I have not actually seen it, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's just, like, hanging out with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in it. Well, th- well, that sounds charming. Also, because the movie's a public domain, that's easy to do. <laughs> uh, but, wow, th- I want to track that down now. That's on Shudder, was it? Oh, gee, I'm not sure. Sh- I think it's on AMC. I'm not sure what streaming service it's on offhand. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on Shutter. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I accidentally found this movie, watched most Let of it. It's see. like, wow, that was good. This is a really good horror hammer horror movie I never heard of. Oh, it's not actually a hammer horror movie. It's because it, it feels so much like one. Well, I guess most of those are like, they're going to be Dracula and Frankenstein or your Medusa or something. And this one isn't mm. a specific monster to lean into and do another version of. Kind of, although I, if you want to say it's a ripoff of the thing from another world, but it really isn't. Well, it's a very vague ripoff of the thing, the if it's a ripoff of the thing at all. Kind I'm, I'm of not is. so sure about that, IMDB editor. Yeah, that that's... Stupid. I mean, unless the original script writer said, yeah, I kind of I took part of the idea from that short story. But the, the, the movie as is is like, no, it's not. No. I mean, it's, it's a little Agatha Christie. It's a little, uh, a little H.P. Lovecraft, a little Doctor Who. Yeah. It does more feel like it could be ripping off an old Doctor Who episode, and yet the Doctor Who episodes that are kind of like this are after this, like the yes. Mummy on the Horror on the Orient Express, which is in space, mm. and um, oh Midnight, I think is the other one where, like, the Doctor is without a companion; he's on a bus thing on a planet or a tram or something, and then it gets stuck, and then something from outside starts knocking and takes over someone inside the bus. That sounds familiar. Yes, I've got to. I've got to do a big rewatch one of these days. Yeah, I. I well, I should catch up because I left off um, with the twelve doctors somewhere. I kind of just stopped because, like, I don't know, BBC America stopped airing it or something, or I lost BBC America. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. Maybe one of these days I'll catch up on Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, but we have been rambling for a bit. Well, not really that long, but. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know, this is definitely a uh, this is a good good addition to your uh, to your spooky mm. season. Yeah, uh, it, we'll be it's... back with all sorts of. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say it's like it's not like 
a ghost movie or Dracula or something, but it Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, another spooky monster movie. It's good. Yeah, it's a monster movie. And you can see Rasputin. Well, knock off Rasputin. Yes, fake Rasputin. You know, they wouldn't want their Rasputin family to sue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. But of course, the uh, Rasputin family would sue because it only takes a train falling off a cliff to kill him. You don't have to shoot him, strangle him, poison him, and drown him to get rid of him. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, yes, spiel time. Uh, yeah, we, we do have some more sk- spooky stuff coming this month. Uh, in uh, On our monthly Patreon episode, we'll be taking a look at what may be the best uh, fictional depiction of the uh, Jersey Devil. The best one I've seen. there, uh, Best one I've seen from TV shows, anyway. There okay. may be a good movie out there I haven't seen, but... There might be. The, uh... For TV episodes I've seen that are vaguely related to the Jersey Devil, this is number one. Well, I know that Johnny Quest one definitely does not take place in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> that that's that's bottom tier. That that is the basement. Oh, I I feel that the it's still better than X that. X Files uh, episode is somewhere in between. That that is not a good X Files episode. It's and also, not, but uh, the the Pine Barrens are not well portrayed by Vancouver. I no, the trees are way too tall for average pine bears, but I'm not I, sure I haven't pine been trees. deep into the pine bears. I thought I thought they were pine trees. Hmm. Anyway, the pine bears I'm used to mostly is like, admittedly, mostly stuff you see on this edge of the highway where they're really low scrub trees where you can mm-hmm. see over half of them or through. Yeah, well, we are going to get a a fine education on, uh, on the pine barrens on our episode. Uh, yes, I need to read it. Uh, but I guess I could also ask, uh, what uh, what horror movies have you been watching and enjoying this October? Oh, yeah, because you've been going through a bunch of them. I've been going through some. I Have I really seen any, any other? Th- uh, no, I watched something else. Oh, I should really rewatch um, the fuck, the Werewolf by Night. Oh, yeah, that, that's coming out in a colorized version. Why? <laughs> Well, like, I mean, okay, it's like sort of like a why, fake technicolory. I mean, if it looks bad, yes, they should have just made another horror. Me, either make a direct sequel or just give us another Halloweeny theme thing where the man thing shows up at the end. Yeah, I'm hoping that I'm hoping they can do like a like a Tomb of Dracula. Oh yes, or just Marvel Frankenstein. They could do Frankenstein. They could do the Living Mummy. Hmm. Uh, Manphibian is that the. Manphibian is a guy. Um, probably can't do the man wolf. That's probably tied up the Spider Man rights. Uh, well, but you, get, you have werewolf by night. That's good enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've uh, I have enjoyed uh, it, the Invaders from Mars, the nineteen eighties remake by Toby Hooper. Oh yeah, that one. It's better than the original kind of it, it's more weird than the original it's got some fantastic uh stan winston special effects yeah that those weird ball pod monsters are creepy that apparently were accomplished by having like a tall person strapped to a little person <laughs> oh oh and the like the the tall person is walking backwards and the short person is facing outwards uh strapped to their back Strapped to their... So they're operating like the mouth and the arms while the, the tall person sort of has like these backwards looking legs. 
Oh, and is leaning on them? Oh, that yes. sounds well, He's like tight. Or they're, they're like sort of in the same like rig. I want a harness thing. So it's, it's like a weird reverse master blaster thing. Hmm. Uh, what I also saw and uh, enjoyed alligator with uh, Robert Forrester. Oh, oh, you know it's a, it's a big killer alligator movie. It's got uh, you know sometimes it's like a big prosthetic alligator or like a big like animatronic alligator, and sometimes it's like clearly just a regular alligator on like a miniature set. Mm. And I also found myself really enjoying Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Oh yes. That's wait. Is that the one of the Tales from Crypt movie I'm thinking of? Well, it's not the one with Dennis Miller. Yeah, damn. That's uh, that's Bordello of Blood. Yeah, which is probably his best movie he was ever in. Well, that's saying something. Uh, but no, this is the one with like Billy Zane and William Sadler. Oh yes, where where it's like excellent Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane's like Satan or something trying to get into a house. Yeah, that, yes. that's that is the best Tales from the Crypt movie. I mean, that that's a fun movie. Uh, Zane is chewing that scenery. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, he has a long rant in it. It's great. So, yeah, and, oh, and uh, I guess one more that I'll mention. I watched the original Sleepaway Camp. Oh, well, yes, that's, that, I'm not sure that's a good movie, but that is a movie that is almost recommended viewing for, if you're watching slasher movies and stuff, because it's historically weird. I mean, it has what you might call problematic elements. Yes, but maybe not as problematic as you'd think. It's it's weird. It's super weird. There's some very strange performances in it. Yeah. It has a a, a truly chilling ending. Hmm. Yeah, and the visual of the ending is just insane. Like, I don't know how they got the face to work it, it looks too convincing it's weird it's a prosthetic face and a naked guy yeah i know the naked guy part but that face looks so fucking good oh yes it, it looks like it's cg'd on it, like mm. it would make more sense if like the penis was fake in that scene <laughs> how good that face looks and i have to admit i thought it was a new jersey movie but no it is from upstate new york Eh, close enough uh close to glens falls oh that Maybe ridiculously close to me. Uh, so yeah, that is what I have been watching this uh, so far this uh, this spooky season. Uh, so I would those are all pretty readily available on various streaming services. So check those out, but also definitely check out Horror Express. Yes, uh, the the only spooky movie I definitely know I'm going to be seeing this year is the one I watch or try to watch every year. House the 1977 Japanese version, which I usually watch on Halloween night. Uh, I believe we did that. I believe we did a podcast on that a couple of years ago. Uh, yes, because <laughs> I forced people to watch it as much as I can. Yes. So uh, one of these days, of course, we'll have to do its sequel, House 2, The Second Story. Yeah, which I swear is a better subtitle for sequel than Electric Boogaloo. Oh, of course. I mean, it's, it's a it, perfect pun. It's extremely clever. Yes. <laughs> and it has a dog a pillar. I, I have actually, I've, I've seen the first house, and I've seen the, the Japanese house. I've not seen House 2, the second story. Okay, then, yes, we definitely have to do that then. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It was one of those movies that, I don't like... It's streaming anywhere in Canada. It was on, I like, USA Network or something a lot in the 90s. Oh, God, Bill Mars in that movie? Yeah, the cast is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Bill Maher, John Ratzenberger, Amy Yazbeck... 
and uh, Kane Hodder, apparently. Who? Oh. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's like Kane Hodder in like some sort of giant suit. Yeah, but it's just like I'm I'm trying to remember a character that was that tall. Well, I guess the cowboy's tall. I don't remember. Kane Hodder is not that tall. Oh. He's a big guy, but he's not, like, enormous. He's, like, Hmm. 6'2", which is tall, but not, like, Tony Todd tall. Uh, I guess. I just thought he was big. Because that's, I guess, why they didn't hire him for Freddy vs. Jason. Hmm. Because they wanted a guy who was, like, way taller than Robert Englund. Oh, yeah, he's only 6'2". Yeah, Robert Englund's kind of tall, I guess. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, that is... uh, yeah, so that is it for us uh, tonight. We'll be back uh, next time with uh, the two-part finale of Transformers Robots in Disguise. Yes, and then uh, something in between seasons, which I'm not sure. We, we had an idea, but I'm not sure we're going there. We might go somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, something in between, and then we're going back to Griven Rock. Yay, back to Rescue Bots. The fun, cute, adorable, one of the best shows we've watched. It's amazing. Yes. Well, oh, one and of the most entertaining the slight- shows we watched. You made it splice this in. I think we were talking about the Jersey Devil. I don't know if we ever actually got around to saying what the Jersey Devil thing we were watching was. Oh, I, I, we mentioned on a previous episode that we're doing uh, Extreme Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to splice things. It's like it's Extreme Ghostbusters. Okay, so. then. Yeah, so uh, the Jersey Extreme Devil. Ghostbusters, the Jersey Devil episode. Yeah. Which we still need to watch and record. Yeah, so until next time, I'm Rob. And I'm David. Pleasant screams! <laughs>